So welcome back to uh, the first Peter series, and we're probably somewhere around five weeks in, roughly. That's, that's a give or take. And uh, of course, you can go back on the podcast if you missed anything and check them out to find exactly what we've been talking about, because we've covered a lot. But um, if you're not going to do that, let me just fill you in real quick, just real quick, um, what's been going on. So uh, Peter wrote this, this book, First Peter. If you forget uh, who wrote it, you can just look right there at the title. Um, and he's, he's writing it to Christians, people that believe in Jesus, that um, have been dispersed from their home. And to some degree, all Christians are technically dispersed from their home because our home's not here on earth. And right now, we're, I think we can agree we're all on earth. And our home is actually up in heaven. He explains the role of the Trinity, uh, that we're chosen by God, we're sanctified or set apart by the Holy Spirit, um, that Jesus died and shed his blood and forgave us. Uh, he went on to talk about an inheritance that's waiting for us, that it's going to be great, and, um, and we're not going to be disappointed by that. Uh, we also, Shad came in and talked about trials and how they're necessary to test the genuineness of our faith, um, which is obviously super important. Pastor Shad compared it actually to getting brakes on your car. You want to test them because if you don't want to be going 100 miles per hour when you test your brakes for the first time. You want to make sure that they're going to work at 5 miles per hour compared to 100. Um, and lastly, or not maybe not lastly, but today, uh, we're, we're going to stay in First Peter. And um, we're going to talk about five commands that he gives us uh, and try to break those down a little bit. Um, so... That wasn't, that wasn't everything, but that was a real brief snapshot at what the last few weeks have looked, at, looked like. Uh, so that's where we're at. And before we get started, we're going to pray um, as we always do. So let's pray. Do you get thanks for today. Thanks for the sunshine that you gave us after a few days of cloudiness. And just thank you for all your blessings, all your gifts. Just everything good comes from you, and, and we praise you for that. Um, thank you for your word. Thank you for... The church, just just a building that we can meet in and meet in safely and not have to worry. Um, I pray that as we read that the Holy Spirit interprets and that I speak what you want and you, um, everybody hears what you want heard and just that we would grow, that we'd grow to understand you better and um, just really grow together and, uh, and just learn, learn about your word. Thank you. Amen. So we are at 1 Peter chapter 1, starting at verse 13. If you want to turn there, uh, if not, I do have the slide. Um, so we'll go ahead and read that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be, will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Wow. So, I mean, Peter, he's had a, he's had a tendency to do this, give us a lot of information in just a little bit. And here in these verses, we see Peter give five commands um, in just a few. And to me... Maybe your mom was different than this, but to me, it's like when my mom would be like, all right, Matt, 
you know, you wake up, you're all groggy. It's like, Matt, vacuum, laundry, dishes, cat box, dust, sweep. And it's like, whoa, mom, like slow down. I'm going to need like a whole outline of that and a work cited in MLA format. Like, like I'm going to need you to take a step back. And that's what we're going to do um, today. Because frequently, at least that's how I feel when I'm reading the Bible. Uh, maybe that's not you. But sometimes it just feels like there's so much information that I just shut it all down. I shut it all out. Instead of even getting a little bit, I'm just like, I, I just, it's too much for me and I, I can't understand it. There's probably um, a technical, like, psych- psychological term for that that I don't know. But um, <clears throat> that's what we're going to do. And I'm comparing it to eating steak. Does anyone here not like steak? You don't have to raise your hand. But who likes steak, right? Most people, yeah, it's a good food. Um, but do you just take the steak? Like, maybe fold it up, maybe not. Just throw it in your mouth and swallow it. No. You know why? Because you would die if you tried to do that. No. You take the steak, and you have to cut it up. You have to cut it into smaller pieces. Then even once you've cut it into smaller pieces, you have to chew it into smaller pieces yet before you're able to swallow it. So that's that's what we're going to try to do. We're going to try to take these five commands and cut them down into smaller pieces uh, to help us understand them. Um, I'm going to read off the, the commands here just, just first, and then we'll go back and look at them all. One, he says, prepare our minds for action. He says, be sober-minded. Set your hope on grace. Rid of the old and be holy. So those are our main pieces that we're going to break down, and uh, let's just go in order. So right there, uh, verse 13, it says, therefore, preparing your minds for action. Rather conveniently, Pastor Shad talked about this. And does anyone remember what the actual lingo? There's an idiom that, that um, is used for this. Can anyone remember what it is? Gird up your loins. Yeah, that's right. Gird up your loins. That's what I'm talking about. And uh, if, if uh, you don't remember, it's, it's, um, it's an idiom. Back in the day when guys would wear long robes, gird up your loins meant that they'd take their robe tuck it in so that they could be prepared for movement, prepared for action. And I personally don't know why we don't still use that. I think it's a great phrase, gird up your loins. I, I might start using it. Um, but yeah, tuck in your robes, be ready for action. And to be honest, I was really thinking about bringing a robe to do it. And the only thing that stopped me was that I was going to have to explain it to Emily on why I was bringing a robe. And I just, I didn't want to get into that. So, but at work, I use a similar phrase with my coworkers. If, if we're going to have a really busy day, then I'll say, hey, bring your skates tomorrow. Bring your roller skates tomorrow. And what's that mean? It means get ready to move. Get ready to work tomorrow because it's going to be busy. We're going to be skating around everywhere. It's going to be busy. What else could I say to them? I could say, gird up your loins. Get ready to move tomorrow. <laughs> get ready to work. And, uh, and we need to gird up the loins of our minds. We need to prepare our minds to work, prepare our minds to move. But what's that look like functionally? And I think the next two commands, command three and four, um, no, I'm sorry, command two and three, that math didn't work, uh, are going to help us see how we can gird up the loins of our mind, how we can prepare our mind for action. So what's the, what's the very next thing say? What's, what's command two? Um, 
It's to be sober-minded. And, and that's all it says, and being sober-minded. What does that mean, to be sober-minded, to be sober? A uh, word that we frequently associate with like intoxication, which is true. We can't let being drunk or being high affect the way we think. We can't let it affect our witness. But I think that to be sober-minded in this context goes a lot further than just things that are going to intoxicate you, like drugs and alcohol. Um, more than just avoiding intoxication. Uh, but instead, I think Peter's calling us to remove from our mind anything that's going to make us think and act in a way that's uh, with opposition of God, opposition of the Holy Spirit. So, like, if we're thinking and dwelling on things like lust, things like anger, hate, envy, pride, anything that leads us away from sound judgment, judgment, like, from the truth of Jesus, anything that leads us away from that isn't thinking clearly, isn't thinking sober-mindedly. So to be full of those things like pride and anger is to drink from a cup of poison that will intoxicate your mind. We need to be sober-minded, clear-minded, level-headed. We need to be able to think straight, think straight about the truths of God. A few chapters, uh, in a few chapters, Chapter 4, verse 7, Peter swings back to this idea, actually, uh, and he says, The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers, which I think is interesting. So another reason we need to be sober-minded, that we need to be able to think clearly, is to have effective prayer. And um, I think maybe most of us would agree that uh, we could be better prayers, better prayers. Um, maybe you're like me and you get distracted while you're praying or it feels like a chore or you feel like a broken record and you just keep praying the same thing over and over. Let's work on our mind. Let's work on cleaning out all the poison, all the intoxication that's in opposition of God and see if it makes us better prayers. See what happens to our prayer life. See if it isn't benefited and um, where, where do you even start with that? Well, I suggest that you start in prayer. I suggest that you ask God to, to be sober-minded, to be clear-minded, to be able to set your focus on, on things that are God. And it kind of makes it a little bit of a, a cyclical relationship where pray to be sober-minded, and then as you become sober-minded, you become better at praying. The third thing that, um, that Peter commands us to do is to set our hope on grace. It says, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Set your hope on grace. Stay focused on the inheritance that will be given to you. If you remember a few weeks back, we were talking about that inheritance and how it's going to be awesome, how it's not going to disappoint us but set your, set your mind fully on that grace that you're going to get at the end when Jesus comes back. When is Jesus coming back? And that's, that's kind of what Pastor Shad was talking about um, this past week, which I do recommend checking out if you haven't been able to yet. Um, but I asked the pastor once, I said, hey, do you think that Jesus is going to come back in our lifetime? Do you think the world's going to end while we're here? And his response was awesome, in my opinion. He said, 
Well, I think we should. I think, we, I think we're supposed to. I think we ought to believe that Jesus is going to come back while we're still on this earth. And he pointed back to the disciples even who thought Jesus was going to come back in their time. We saw, we saw Peter um, in one of the verses we said, yeah, right here. The end of all things is at hand. Peter knew it to be soon. So Jesus is coming back soon, guys. Like, like there's a good chance that it's actually going to be in our lifetime. Like, think about that for a second. I don't know when, I don't know the day, decade, but I know it's soon. And I'm not saying this is like some prophetic thing. Uh, but I know God's not delaying. And that he's going to come soon. I don't know that to be our lifetime. But I think we should probably think like it's going to be, act like it's going to be, expect it to be that way. So because he's coming soon, because the end of all things is at hand, you can put your hope in that. Focus on it. Focus on the return. Focus and set your hope on Jesus coming back and the reward that he's going to bring with that. So those were one, two, three. Those were the first three commands that Peter gave in these verses. And I just want to recap it because I think that's kind of like section one of the five. Um, so we have to gird up the loins of our minds. We have to prepare our minds. We have to be sober-minded, be clear-minded, level-headed. And we have to set our hope on grace, the grace that's going to be given to us when Jesus comes again soon. And then... Um, we move on to part two, which is four and five. And I'm saying commands. I'm not, I'm not saying the fourth command, meaning like of the Ten Commandments. I don't want you guys to, to think that, that I'm saying that, but just out of the five that he gave us here in First Peter. And it says, oh, there's my recap. Mm, I knew I was going to miss that slide. Yeah. So verse 14, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. So before we get into that, four and five, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have us lay something down. And it's going to have us pick something else up. And I think that's important going into it. But So, so what are we going to lay down? We're going to lay down the passions of our old selves. Before you were a Christian, um, there were probably things in your life that seemed completely appropriate. And, but, but now that you're following Jesus, it's not. And it's something that you're being called out of. And this could look different for everybody. In the book of Romans, uh, we get a snapshot of what this might look like for some people. And it's a lot. Uh, but it says, They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanders, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. It's quite a list. And, and I think a lot of those are really appropriate for a lot of people today. Faithless, disobedient to parents, slanders, people giving other people a bad rap, gossips, but maybe yours looks different because everyone's could look different. Maybe it is the drugs, alcohol, lust, pornography, sex, envy. It, it could look like anything that, 
before you followed Jesus, you didn't even think about it. It is almost normal and seemingly completely acceptable. But we're called out of those things. We have to lay those down when we come to Jesus. The things of our former flesh. And maybe you're like, wow, I don't struggle with nothing. There's nothing that, that I struggle with. Well, then you probably struggle with pride, just for the record. We need to throw these behaviors off of us. We, do not, we need not to be conformed to these passions. So what do we pick up? Well, that's in the fifth command that he's giving to us today in verse 15. He says, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. So the fifth command is to be holy in all of your conduct. In everything you do, be holy. And to be holy is to be set apart. We've discussed that previously at the Forge. Um, But think about this. I I like to think of it this way. We know that God's holy. We know that, and this verse um, reiterates that. And what's that mean? Nothing in all of creation is like God. God is set apart from everything else in creation. He's holy. And guess what? We're called to be the same way. We're called to be set apart from everything else in creation. We're called to be set apart from everyone else in mankind. We shouldn't be like everybody else. Where everyone else is living for themselves living for the flesh, living to have fun. We need to be living for Jesus, set apart from everyone else. We need to be living to help each other, to love each other, to love God, set apart, different from everyone else. I want to share one more verse uh, that I think just ties up everything that we've talked about here tonight. Um, It's a really great verse. Actually, to be fair, it's only half of the verse. Um, But it's Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Look at it. That's, That's what we've been talking about. Everything that I've said, I think, is summarized in that one sentence, half of a sentence. Do not be conformed to this world. That's what we're doing when we're throwing everything off of us that we were once a slave to. Don't conform. Don't be like everybody else, but be holy. Be set apart from the world. Be holy just as God is holy. And it says, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And that's what one, two, and three, that's what those first three commands were about, right? The renewal of your mind, preparing your mind for action. Girding up the loins of your mind, remaining sober-minded, and keeping your hope focused properly, keeping it focused on the grace that's to come to you. So, if I can boil all of that down into two sentences, don't conform to this world. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That's what I want you guys to focus on um, throughout the week here. 
How can you be, how can you be set apart? And that's actually one of the discussion questions. And in what ways can you renew your mind? I think I forgot to put them up there. Yeah, I forgot to put them up there. So in a second, we'll split up, but those are the discussion questions. What would it look like to be holy, to be set apart in the different areas of your life? And what ways can you renew your mind? Uh, so you guys can discuss that in groups of three or four, and then you can pray for each other. And I certainly encourage you um, to, to be praying for yourself and for each other to be sober-minded um, and just to start that right here. So let's pray, then we'll break up. Do God, thank you so much again. Thanks for the forge. Thanks for young adults and just your heart for your children, your heart for me. Just so undeserving. I pray that, uh, that you create a sober mind in myself and everybody here, that we can think clearly, that we can pray effectively. I pray that we are looking for you, that, that we're on guard for your return and that we can set our hope, that we can set our focus on you, that it's coming so soon. Just don't, don't let us be spiritually asleep when you're here, but let us be looking up into heaven, waiting. Help us to be holy, be set apart. Don't let us be conformed to the world, but help us to renew our minds. Thank you. Amen. All right, you guys can split up into...